I'm Rob Skinner, and this is the Rob Skinner Podcast. In this episode, my wife Pam and I recap day three and four of the World Discipleship Summit, Tuesday and Wednesday, August 2nd and 3rd. All this and more on the Rob Skinner Podcast. Welcome back to the Rob Skinner Podcast. My goal is to inspire you to live a no-regrets life, make this life count, and multiply disciples, leaders, and churches. I'm back home in Tucson, Arizona after an awesome, awesome weekend in Orlando, Florida at the World Discipleship Summit. Honey, great to have you on the program. Oh, thanks. I'm really excited to be here. So we are back. We got back. It's This is Thursday, and we got back... On Wednesday, August 3rd, after four days, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of classes. Now, there were three tracks going on. There was the campus track, singles track, and then the International Leadership Conference. And the conference is going on, but we're not participating in the second half. We're just there primarily for the International Leadership Conference. In this episode, we're going to cover some of the highlights from, from that section, especially Tuesday and Wednesday mm-hmm. of the World Discipleship Summit. Let's talk about the women's program. T- honey, oh tell me about gosh. it. Yes, that started uh, Tuesday morning. Uh, the sisters got together. Of course, the worship was amazing. It was so great to be there with all the women. And uh, just a great job that um, Irene Renton and Arlene Murkowski uh, from New York, they were, you know, helped coordinate the whole women's time. And it started out with uh, four sisters sharing their testimonies, a sister from New York, a sister from uh, Sao Paulo, a sister from South Africa, and a sister from Chicago. And so moving, so moving to hear their lives. They basically shared their testimonies, how God has worked in their life. Uh, The last sister that shared from Chicago um, was from Romania and had been adopted uh, she was part of the the Hope Orphanage in wow. Romania. She had become a Christian there, hmm. studied the Bible as a teenager. Wow. Then when she was 17, got adopted to the States. A uh, family in New Hampshire adopted her and her brothers, and she just shared about her story. And that was just, wow, so powerful and inspiring. Her and her husband are serving in the full-time ministry in Chicago. That's so cool. It was so cool. So it was just blow away. And then the guest speaker, uh, Lana Wooten, Wow. I mean, she's just a hero. I mean, she just shared, uh, you know, how she became a Christian. Uh, I think she said that after four months of being a disciple, she went to the full-time ministry. (laughs) (laughs) And she's been that, doing that ever since, you know? And so um, her class, you know, she talked about our identity in Christ. And she talked about who does God think you are? Who do you think you are? And who do people think you are? Wow. Yeah, so it was it was very deep, very powerful, uh, just really so much respect to Sean and Lena and what they've gone through. It's got to be messy. I mean, oh, gosh, Lena is Russian, Sean's American, yes. their daughter's Ukrainian, and uh-huh. I mean, 
married a Ukrainian. Yes. So, I mean, oh boy, there's, yeah. it's got to be very complicated. I just can't even imagine what that's like. I know it. I know it. On the men's program, Tuesday morning, we went and met at nine o'clock. Tom McGurk got up there and of course the music was awesome again. I mean, <laughs> yes. every single time wow. goes without saying is mm-hmm. just blow away. Those mm-hmm. guys, the, the dancing, the energy, I, I mean, they were just going off. I mean, they, they didn't care there was a bunch of guys out in the audience. They were just like no. bringing it with energy. They were. So I loved that. There yes. was a guy named, uh, I believe it was Mervy. Uh-huh. And he was just just going, giving 110%. Wow. And of course, Joshua Tolliver and all the other guys were up there doing a great job. Tom McGurk got up and, and talked about being hidden with Christ and God. And he said, are we hiding in Christ or in our position? And uh, he talked about, is Christ your profession or your obsession? Oh. I love those sound bites. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And then he just talked about how we need men who are fruitful, effective, that will inspire other men. And I thought it was a, it was a great lead in. It was kind of a 10-minute TED Talk style address. And then Chris Ogbenaya from um, Lagos, Nigeria, got up and shared and just how Christ is the supreme authority. And then it was the main speaker, Budi Hartono, who leads the church in Jakarta, Indonesia. Mm. And it was awesome because <laughs> Harlem Salim did the introduction. And, you know, with a name like Booty, yeah. you're going you're gonna to get some joking. And, you are. And Har- yeah, you can't hold back. I mean, we, we were rolling because Harlem said, I love Booty. <laughs> <laughs> and we were just... We were oh my gosh! But Booty got up there. I mean, it's amazing. It, English is his second language, hmm. but he got up there and just preached with so much power, so much intensity. Wow! I was so impressed. He talked about how there are now thirty six churches in Indonesia, over sixty five hundred disciples, and then he started talking about what is our identity, our hmm. identity in Christ, that we belong to Christ, and he said our identity is in crisis these days, and he said. My identity isn't defined by what I have done, but what Christ has done for me and through me. Mm. And so, I mean, he had a lot of scriptures, all from coming from a Colossians, because the theme of the whole conference was Colossians. Right. And he, and he just talked about Christ has reconciled you. He's presented you as holy. He's We've been circumcised by Christ. We've been raised with him. Hmm. Everything's what Jesus has done right. for us. Not what we've been doing, but what Jesus has done already. He's made us alive with Christ. And mm-hmm. um, he just talked about he's he's removed, canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness. We're free. Right. And then he talked about a guy named John Sinaga who went to Papua New Guinea. And he is he, a guy who became a Christian in the church in Jakarta. He was selling, selling uh, fruit at a roadside stand, became a Christian, but then just kind of ran away. He, he thought he could make more money in Papua, which is kind of the far eastern um, island of Indonesia. But then he came back, and he, he repented. He got restored. Then he went and planted two churches. Oh, my gosh. Uh, in a place called Deepak <laughs> and then Bogor. And then, you know, would convert, built these churches to like 150, raised up leaders. Crazy. And he just talked about how we need to stop excusing ourselves and start expecting more from ourselves. Wow. It was it was really awesome. And he just said, everyone's, everyone's an influencer, no matter mm, what. I love that. And then he talked about how my identity is defined by who Christ is. And um, he just said, when God doesn't change our situation, 
He wants to use our situation to change us. Hmm. So he had all kinds of these like sound bites, just, yeah. you know, like you got to live to love and love to live. And stuff. <laughs> <laughs> he was just, he's been, he's been to Hobby Lobby. <laughs> <I know. laughs> he was crushing it. I mean, he had so many good ones. Oh. And then, um, he just, he said that, you know, one of the things, I mean, what's amazing about what happened in Indonesia, I think I mentioned this in our previous episode is that they had 1200 baptisms during in COVID 2020 and 2021, yeah. two years. Crazy. I mean, just 1200. Yeah. I mean, just like, who's doing that? Nobody, right. no. nobody. Mm, it's inspiring. And then he said, one of the secrets was, he said, they refuse to believe God can't be glorified during the pandemic. Wow. It's just a faith issue. And they had their most baptisms in 20 and 21. And so he just said, don't let problems paralyze us. It's Christ that we're serving. And Christ is bigger than all our problems. Mm -hmm. And then this third point was my identity isn't defined by being the best version of myself, but becoming the person Christ wants me to be. And he said, it's not self-actualization. He he uh, referred to Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And he said, it's not self-actualization, but Christ actualization Mm. that we're going after. And he talked about how Paul presenting people perfect in Christ. That was Mm -hmm. Paul's goal for other people and being renewed in the image of its creator. And he talked about Kiki Suerlan and he's someone I interviewed uh, before. And in an earlier episode, he's converted a ton of people. He's a very wealthy disciple, employed 6,000 people. And I was talking to Harlem and he said that Kiki during the pandemic made a decision by faith. He said, I'm not going to let anyone um, let anyone go during the pandemic. Wow. And he has over 6,000 employees. And Gosh. so he was able to keep all of his employees um, working in the textile industry there in Indonesia without letting anybody go, having to have any layoffs during that time. Just wow. totally Love awesome that. faith. Mm. And so that was, that was fantastic. And he just, so it was, I, I was just so impressed by how he's preaching so intent, intensely in English, which was not his first language. Right. It, it's very easy to understand. Mm-hmm. And just, I mean, his his arms, his body language was just bringing the energy. So uh, fantastic job there. Okay, so that was the morning. And then in the afternoon, we had a couple of young guns. Uh-huh, kind of yes, the, that, yes, that, that afternoon. That, that afternoon and evening. Mm-hmm. We, had a, we had a D time with... Um, Bruce and Robin right yeah. in there. That was great to see them. And mm-hmm. Great, great getting discipled by Bruce and Robin. They just rolled into town and just <laughs> gave us some help. That yeah. was fantastic. Thank you, Bruce and Robin. But then we went and, <clears throat> um, I mean, I, I got to, I got to listen, I got to listen a little bit after that lesson from um, Booty to a, a lesson by Chris Reed on masculinity yeah and our son james that was one of his favorite classes yeah i asked him loved what, he that he just loved that class uh-huh. I, and i got i because we had to go to that d time I, mm-hmm. I i'm i missed a part of it. i only got about 30 minutes into it but chris reed is a great teacher mm. i definitely want to go back and listen to it i mean he was just bringing it he's really um organized and and powerful mm-hmm. he's just he's a great teacher and so and he lives it He's, yeah. he's, you know, he's a missionary. He's, he's a man's man. Yeah. And so that was a great, great lesson. But so in the afternoon, I think it was about five, we had Kyle Eastman and Paris Cunningham. Yeah, that was powerful. Both small church leaders, uh-huh. both leading college towns, Ann Arbor, Michigan, home of the University of Michigan, and also Princeton, New Jersey, um, Princeton, right. Princeton College. 
And so Kyle, it, it was kind of like they talked to similar similar topics. What uh-huh. did you, you think? Yeah, you no, I thought it was really powerful. I, I had never heard either of those men speak. I didn't really know who they were. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I was very uh, impressed with their passion. You know, they preached about the same thing, about just having a love for the poor. Right. Which, uh, and then, of course, Ben Barnett got up and introduced them right. uh, beforehand. And, uh, yeah, I just, it, it was it was really convicting because, you know, um, it's so easy to think about how we're going to grow our church, right? Um, and then, it, you know, it can be easy to delegate that hope work, the poor projects. Okay, we got our hope, you know, director. We got, you know, deacons of hope, you know. But um, they really just drove home the point that it has to start at the top. It has to start with the leader. has to be their passion, you know. I mean, uh, you know, Kyle Eastman, Mission with Christ and... Just he, he just really talked about that. I mean, gosh, uh, it was it was very powerful. And just uh, what it means to really love God, Matthew 25. Mm-hmm. And Paris Cunningham, too. You know, he just, uh, it, it was very, very challenging. and uh, But inspiring how they really took to heart uh, just loving your neighbor as yourself. And what does that mean? Going into your neighborhood and really loving those people there. So that... Those are really the, the takeaways for me. It was just, you know, really having a heart for the most vulnerable, having that compassion, mm-hmm. not just be something that's kind of part of your ministry, but boy, that's something that it's really at the forefront um, of every church leader, really making sure that as disciples, that's a priority. And then Paris Cunningham, it was, you know, the whole idea of really serving your neighbor, really making a difference in our neighborhoods. It was, it was very inspiring. Right. It was it was interesting how similar their lessons were mm-hmm. in terms of the theme because both of them are go getters in the ministry. Both right. of them have have had explosive ministries. Kyle Eastman at the University of Florida, um, the past ten years. I mean, I've heard nothing but good things about that that campus ministry that mm-hmm. he was leading. And then Paris Cunningham went to Princeton and in Mercer County, where, where Princeton's located, and just the church took off and, right. and the campus ministry took off. Um, but what they emphasize is the mission plus right. don't forget the poor. Mm-hmm. Reach your neighborhood. Paris Cunningham talked about the book, The Art of Neighboring, and really impacting the neighborhood around you. Right. And so they did two lessons each 25 minutes, but both of them really uh, complemented each other. Yes, They're kind of saying the same thing in just different ways and different situations. So that was really awesome because... They've got the power of a growing ministry plus the care for the poor. Right. And I really did love what um, Paris Cunningham said that, you know, it's not just about serving the poor, loving the poor. It's we're, we're loving God. Right. Right. And and that's what we all need to do. And right. as a result, when you love God, then the most tangible way to love God is to give the hungry food. Um, you're loving God, not just those people, but this is how we express our love to God. We serve up. Uh, I just thought that was that was a really great point. Mm-hmm. So. Kyle, Kyle was super humble. He was, know, and he just came in and did a great job. And just, I, I thought, I thought they both did a really, mm-hmm. really good they job. They did. They so really th- did. That was that was a great evening on Tuesday night. Yes. And then we came back on Wednesday morning, yesterday morning. Right. And it was the final, the finale. So there's some announcements and I um, can't remember who started it off that morning, but uh, of course the worship was awesome. And don't forget Al Baird. Oh, Al Baird. And okay. Pat 
Gamble. Oh, Alan Powell. Oh my gosh. That's that, right. That was so powerful. And, and uh, Doug Arthur came up and introduced them. That's right. Okay, so Al and and Al Baird and Pat Gamble, they mm-hmm. were they were there in the early days of Boston in the late seventies. Shared their thoughts. You know, Al said it was like a rocket ship, yeah. right? Getting the movement of God started. I know, isn't that amazing? Yes. What Al told me when he was when he was down here in Tucson for last fall, he said that they grew for ten years at sixty percent a year for ten years. Wow. I mean, just <laughs> wow. Yeah. I mean, there was something in the air that was mm-hmm. really amazing. Yeah. But then Pat shared, and, and you know, just the conviction that, that lady has is just awesome. I just really, so impressive. Really her. And then Doug Arthur got up and shared mm-hmm. about what's going on around the world in missions. Right. All the mission societies had special videos, which was so encouraging. I don't know about you, honey, but I was thinking, I want to go overseas again. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. I was like, man, I just want to pack up my bags mm-hmm. and reach the beach or go to the Andi- right. Andes or, or go somewhere. The Baltics, they I, need people. I mean, yeah, I got the itch. I was like, man, I want to go. I want to help. I want to yeah. do it. I just I just was like, man, mm-hmm. what can I do? Right. You know, what? How can I? how can I spread the word more? So right. I'm hoping, you know. Maybe. Didn't Sean Wooten get up there that morning too and share? Did he, he did. Yeah, I think he did. He talked about Okay, Ukraine. he shared briefly. That's yes, right. He, he did. shared gave gave uh-huh. a recap of what's happening there. Yes. Shared some good news. Mm-hmm. That was fantastic. Mm-hmm. And then Chris Zillman got up there. Yes. Woo, let's talk about this. I mean Wow, Chris. It, it, it's like <laughs> like the ILC was bookended by two really powerful guys. Mm-hmm. Sam Powell. Yeah. A lot of power, a lot of experience, a lot of authority, and then Chris Zillman. Yes. And Chris is younger, probably by 20 or 30 years. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Chris is not a youngster. He's probably mm-hmm. mid-40s or something like right. that. But he brought it. He surprised me. Yeah. What did you think? Oh, my gosh. I, I was really moved. I mean, he just, from the very beginning, mm-hmm. you know, talked about this really great analogy with his children, you know, and how the older <laughs> brother was kind of getting picked on. And then the younger brother, you know, just uh, punched the other kid, you know. And right. But he just talked about, he said, you know, what happened to our solidarity right. as a movement? Right. He just asked some real penetra- penetrating questions, right. you know, why all the fighting? Right. Right. He just brought it out. You know, talked about the distractions and that we've got to set our hearts and minds on on something else, on, on what's above. Um, and then, I mean, then he just said, hey, listen, I, I, you know, I'm going to take out the we here, right? <laughs> I was like, oh, you know how people say, well, we, and this, you know, he's like, nope, I'm, I'm just talking to you and, right. and you guys are liars. Right. You know, it was, it was like, whoa, very, very powerful. I love the story that he shared about his son Isaiah. His son mm-hmm. Isaiah was getting picked on. Yep. And it was he was seeing it through a window. It was like in a park or something uh-huh. like that. Or playhouse. Or playhouse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this this bully was picking on his son, but the younger son right. <laughs> was a little bit out of view, but all of a sudden he saw this little fist come <laughs> up and punch the bully. Right. And he was like, That was a great moment. Yes, a proud dad moment right there. <laughs> And then he said, you know, where's our solidarity? Right. Why aren't we fighting for each other? Exactly. And yes. It was great. And he's just said, yeah, that's right. He said, you're you're a liar. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ooh, where's this going? Right. I mean, that's a strong statement. It is a strong statement. And he said that, I mean, it's, what he said is, it was it was deep. There was, he, was, he was saying a lot. He, it was scripted. Yeah. And so there were a lot of words in this lesson. But he said, leaders 
are not facing their bias toward their own kids and they're it, they're letting that affect their judgment. Mm-hmm. Right. And they're giving the appearance that they're unbiased, but they're allowing how their kids are doing to affect their judgment and their ability to stand on the Bible. Right. And that's really affecting people. And I was like, wow, that is so true. It's super insightful. Super insightful. And then, you know, just the whole idea. I mean, he challenged people's marriages. Right. Like, are people just, are they getting open, getting help, getting accountability? He really parked on that. Right. About how, you know, is your marriage just, you know, lackluster? Is it right. dying? And mm-hmm. nobody knows. And he just said, that's deceit. You're, he said, you're a liar. Right. If you're not bringing that into the light. I was like, whoa. Right. Because if you're not, if you're saying I'm leading a discipling ministry, but you have set yourself up where you're not getting discipled, right? You're a liar. That's right. You're you're a liar. You're basically setting it up so you, no one's really in your life. Exactly. And that was, I mean, it was great and it was powerful. It, it got real quiet in there. It sure did. And then he he talked about the Boston bombing, the the uh, Patriot Day bombing. I think it was 2013, where mm-hmm. um, those two brothers they they set up the bombs at the closing part of the Boston Marathon, and and a lot of people were maimed from that. But they did a study, and they they tracked who was the most affected emotionally by by that. And he said it wasn't the people who were there. It wasn't even the, the relatives of the people who were injured. He said it was the people that spent six or more hours on social media. Wow, this was powerful. Just watching the impact. They were the ones that were the most traumatized yes gosh even even though they had nothing directly connected to it it wasn't the people who were directly connected to it it was the people who were just watching on social media and the news for more than six hours they had the deepest impact emotionally right the most trauma from that event and that was really powerful it was and so from that he said listen we're spending all of our time on social media we're affected by the world through through media. And then we're coming to staff meetings and saying, I'm a biased, uh, unbiased person when right. it comes to where the church needs to go. Right. And he said, you're a liar. Exactly. We're so affected by that. That was super, super powerful. And, you know, my only regret is I wish he had a little more time. I just, you know, mm-hmm. feedback in the lesson. He really needed 45 minutes. He only yeah. had 35 minutes. And I wanted him to, to develop it more. And exactly. I didn't want him out. to stop. I wanted no, him to keep talking. I want him to get, like, really specific. Mm-hmm. I want him to, like, bring out some examples because right. I thought... He's really on target, but mm-hmm. I wanted him to just kind of like hammer it home. What'd you think? Yeah. No, I felt the same way. I didn't want him to stop. I wanted him to, I thought he really hit some, some nerves, some triggers, things that we, we need to talk about. And, uh, I really appreciated his courage, uh, his guts to right. just, you know, that's not easy to preach to that group, Right. but he was just bringing, bringing out those, those issues. Right. And I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm really glad. I'm really thankful. It was right. really, really powerful, but you're right. I wish... Uh, there, there had been more. I, you know, right? Because you're, you're kind of left tra- having to extrapolate. Okay, what's he saying here? Mm-hmm. And the, the thing that I got from it is, okay, we're allowing our kids and how our kids are doing, and if our kids are struggling, to affect our view. We're, we're wanting the church to change to fit where our kids are doing. And, and I've seen that. I've had friends who kids struggle. And all of a sudden, their convictions start to waver. Right. Oh, it's so easy to happen. And, and yeah. 
Oh, I was just going to say, and also the example that he shared about his dating relationship. Oh, yeah, go ahead. With Megan, or when she was studying the Bible, right. and uh, just how the sisters were willing to challenge her and say, you know, because uh, Megan was dating um, Chris uh, before they became disciples, and that she was willing to give that relationship up, right. and that the sisters were challenging her to do that. And it's like, ooh, you know, I don't know. Nowadays it gets kind of... Well, that's what he said. He said, yeah. I wonder if you would do that now. Right, exactly. And he was so grateful for her conviction because it got him to start studying the Bible. Right, because he said it was Marsha Lamb and mm -hmm. another person. He said, yeah. because they they did that and they... Christy called, Lamb. It was, it was Christy, oh, it was Christy, uh -huh, okay. Christy Lamb. Yeah, not Marsha. Marsha's the mom. Okay, Christy. Roger Lamb's daughter. But because of that, that's how he became a Christian. He said right. he never would have become a Christian unless those stakes were raised to that level. Exactly. That was powerful. It was really awesome. Yeah. And so he thanked her. And then he just said how news media is really affecting. I, I thought, okay, you know, all the stuff that's been going on the last couple of years. Right. With um, the gay agenda, there's Black Lives Matter, there's racial issues, there's right. all sorts of stuff. And how all of these things are affecting our view and right. how we're saying, oh, it's not really affecting me, but it is affecting it the is. church. Mm -hmm. And and the leaders are bringing that into the church and we've got to go back to the Bible. I right. mean, that's, we have to be so careful. He didn't say that. That's the part I wish he, I wish he would have said, but I think that's, that's the application where it's like, okay, how are we allowing the world, our children to affect us? And are we willing to face it that it is affecting us? Right. And we need to stand up right. and just say, listen, we have to pay attention to what Jesus wants. Exactly. Not what our kids want and not what media is telling us. Right. It was a powerful message to, to end the ILC. Really powerful. I mean, it was awesome. Yeah. It was just, it was mm -hmm. great because that's the kind of lesson I was really looking for mm -hmm. that you want in an ILC is you want something that just grabs you and just right. shakes you, shakes you around a little bit and mm -hmm. just go, whoa, okay, that's, that's intense. Yeah. You know, kind of a prophetic lesson right? Uh, where you feel like, okay, this is God talking to me here. Yeah. So that was a great lesson. And Chris, great job if you're listening to this and also look forward to having him on the podcast. Absolutely. Him and his him wife. About, I, yes. know, I know. <laughs> Can't wait. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, that that wrapped it up. We we closed out, and it was a fantastic conference overall. Any final comments about? Well, just uh, I loved. Wasn't it that last song, "Break the Chains"? Oh yeah. I mean the worship. I just it was so moving, so powerful. I think especially coming from a smaller church. Oh my gosh! You, know, you yes. don't you don't get that kind of power. Mm -mm. I mean, maybe even a bigger church, you don't get it as much. But it's like it's just it's such a blessing. I it mean, it's really awesome. Is. So. It was fantastic. If you missed it, man, make sure that you watch it online. But what? Listen the, to the classes. Listen to the classes. Mm -hmm. There's so many I missed, and oh, I, and I yeah. want to go back to there's. And yeah, me too. I'm sorry if I didn't get a chance to cover your class. I look forward to watching as many as I can. Right. But it was phenomenal. Mm -hmm. It was a phenomenal time. So. Thank you so much for listening to the Rob Skinner podcast. It's great, great to have you listen and have an awesome, awesome week. Thank you so much for joining the Rob Skinner podcast. If you're enjoying this podcast, please hit the subscribe button and let your friends know about it and how to find it. Because my goal is to inspire you to make this life count, live a no regrets life, and multiply disciples, leaders, and churches. Have a great day and make this life count.